Good morning, and welcome to Simply Economics. It's Tuesday, January 30th. On today's show, an improved macroeconomic backdrop compels us to raise our 2024 issuance forecast to $420 billion, and we'll discuss the impact of central banks and macroeconomics on the Hang Seng Index, ASX 200, and Nikkei 225. Plus, the World Bank is set to provide $300 million to Ghana to strengthen macroeconomic stability and support resilient economic growth. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Economics. We start off with a significant update in the world of finance. The 2024 municipal bond issuance forecast has been raised to $420 billion, a substantial increase from the initial forecast of $330 billion made in November 2023. The primary reason for this adjustment is the significant improvement in macroeconomic expectations. Here to delve deeper into this is our correspondent from Simply Economics. Can you explain the implications of this revised forecast? Certainly. This revised forecast suggests that new money is expected to be more plentiful. On a monthly basis, this revised forecast averages out to about $35 billion a month, which is a slight increase from the $32 billion a month we saw in 2023. How often are these forecasts revised, and how accurate have they been in the past? The forecast has been revised three times since 2020. These revisions are reviewed to help readers understand how close or far away from reality the forecasts typically are. It's a practice that aims to provide transparency and accuracy in the forecasting process. And what does this revised forecast mean for the economy? The revised forecast indicates a positive outlook for the economy. The increase in the municipal bond issuance forecast is based on improved macroeconomic expectations which suggests that the economy is expected to perform well. This could lead to more investments and potentially stimulate economic growth. That was Simply Economics correspondent Michael, providing us with an insightful analysis. Now let's shift our focus to the Asian markets. On Wednesday, the Hang Seng Index led the Nikkei 225 and the ASX 200 into positive territory, fueled by U.S. inflation figures and China's central bank moves. However, modest overnight gains from the U.S. signal caution for Thursday, with economic indicators from Japan and Australia in focus. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent for Simply Economics, Bella. Can you tell us more about the factors that led to this rally? Certainly, David. The rally was largely driven by softer-than-expected U.S. consumer price inflation figures, which raised bets on the Fed ending its rate hike cycle. This led to a surge in rate-sensitive tech stocks, with the Nasdaq Composite Index rallying 2.37%. The Dow and S&P 500 also ended the day up. On the Asian front, economic indicators from Japan did not deter investors. While better-than-expected retail sales and industrial production numbers from China suggested that Beijing's stimulus measures were taking effect. And how did the U.S. retail sales figures influence the markets? U.S. retail sales fell less than expected, while producer prices signaled easing demand-driven inflationary pressures. This supported the appetite for riskier assets and increased the chance of a Fed rate cut in the first half of 2024. However, an upswing in 10-year U.S. Treasury yields capped the upside. What should we be looking out for in the Asian economic calendar? 
This morning, machinery orders from Japan beat forecasts, suggesting a possibly improving demand environment. However, trade data sent mixed signals. Exports rose at a more modest pace while imports declined at a less marked rate. For the ASX 200, Australian employment figures could influence sentiment toward RBA monetary policy. What are the futures markets indicating for Thursday? The futures markets signaled a negative start to the Thursday session. The ASX 200 and the Nikkei were down 9 and 60 points, respectively. Can you give us a rundown of the performance of the ASX 200 Hang Seng Index and the Nikkei 225 on Wednesday? The ASX 200 rose by 1.42% on Wednesday, with tech rallying on the overnight slide in yields. Mining stocks also contributed to the gains. However, oil stocks had a negative session. The Hang Seng Index rallied 3.92%, with hopes of improved U.S.-China relations and central bank policy moves contributing to the session gains. The Nikkei 225 ended Wednesday up 2.52%, with a mixed session for the main components of the Nikkei 225. Thanks for the insights, Bella. In other economic news, the World Bank has approved a $300 million development policy operation for Ghana. This first resilient recovery development policy financing is a significant contribution by the bank's International Development Association to aid Ghana's economic recovery and bolster the country's resilient and inclusive growth. Here with more on this is our correspondent Celeste. Can you tell us more about this financing and its implications for Ghana? Certainly, David. This $300 million development policy financing is the first in a series of three, each worth $300 million. It's aimed at easing Ghana's fiscal constraints, sustaining the momentum of economic recovery while protecting the poor and vulnerable. The Minister of Finance for Ghana, Honorable Ken Oforiada, has stated that the government remains committed to restoring macroeconomic stability and implementing lasting reforms for sustainable growth and transformation. This financing package comes on the heels of an agreement in principle by the Official Creditors Committee under the G20 Common Framework. Can you elaborate on this? Yes, the agreement outlines the key parameters of the proposed debt restructuring for Ghana. It's a critical milestone towards restoring debt sustainability and is consistent with the Joint World Bank International Monetary Fund Debt Sustainability Framework. What are the main objectives of this Resilient Recovery Development Policy operation? The operation has four main objectives. First, it aims to restore fiscal sustainability. Second, it seeks to support financial sector stability and private sector development. Third, it aims to improve energy sector financial discipline. Lastly, it seeks to strengthen social and climate resilience. And what specific reforms are supported by this financing series? The financing series supports a range of reforms. These include strengthening domestic revenue mobilization, controlling expenditures, safeguarding financial sector stability, removing barriers to private investment, and setting the energy sector on a sounder financial and operational footing. It also aims to strengthen the country's social protection system and mainstream climate adaptation and mitigation across policies. Can you tell us more about the International Development Association that's providing this financing? The International Development Association, or IDA, was established in 1960. It provides grants and low to zero interest loans to the world's poorest countries to boost economic growth, reduce poverty, and improve people's lives. It's one of the largest sources of assistance for the world's 74 poorest countries. 
39 of which are in Africa. Since its establishment, IDA has provided $458 billion to 114 countries. Thanks for that report, Celeste. In other economic news, mid-market private equity investment activity in the Midlands experienced a decline in 2023, according to new research from KPMG. This decline is attributed to persistent macroeconomic instability. The latest mid-market private equity report reveals that 64 deals worth £5.1 billion were completed in the Midlands in 2023, marking a 20% drop in volume and a slight drop in total value by 4.5% compared to the transactions completed in 2022. To discuss this further, we have our correspondent from Simply Economics. Can you tell us more about the investment activity in the Midlands? Certainly. Despite the decline, the Midlands still attracted more than 9% of all investment in 2023, making it the third most popular region for mid-market deals after London and the Northeast. Nationally, the report revealed that 675 deals worth £47.9 billion were completed during the year, representing a 10% drop when compared to the 735 transactions completed in 2022. And what about the sectors? Which ones saw the most activity? While deal volumes were down across the board in 2023, business services remained the dominant sector for activity, followed by tech, media and telco. Interestingly, financial services was the only sector to buck the trend, with an increase in investment activity. What does this mean for the future of mid-market private equity investments in the Midlands? Kush Purewal, head of deals at KPMG UK in the Midlands, noted that despite the challenging year, there was an 18% uptick in the total value of investment compared to pre-COVID figures, hinting at a stabilizing market. He expressed optimism that the Midlands will continue to be a haven for mid-market private equity investments in the UK, given that the fundamentals that underpin the private equity market are still very much in place. He also pointed out that capital is available and the debt markets are still supportive, albeit with greater scrutiny and higher costs. This, together with the stability that bolsters the confidence of boards, investment committees and credit committees, should pave the way for a more positive deal-making environment in 2024. That's certainly something to watch. Thanks for the insights, James. And on that note, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Economics. We'll see you back here tomorrow.